0: Hello, my lovely PCF family. How great it is to be talking to you today. I'm going to read to you first. This is from Ephesians chapter 3, starting at verse 14, and this is Paul praying a prayer for the Ephesians. So this is what I'm praying for us today. He's been talking previously about how everyone, no matter what background they're from, has complete and free access to the Father through faith in Jesus Christ and his sacrifice for us. Verse 14, he says, "'For this reason I kneel before the Father, To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. When I was a little girl, I remember the moment I was given my very first wristwatch. Very simple one, probably um, an old one of my mum's. Old fashioned, the sort that you just had to wind up very carefully once a week. Do you know the sort I mean? And I remember being taught that the little button on the side, you had to turn very carefully. Don't overwind it. And set yourself a routine to remember to do it perhaps every Sunday afternoon or something so that you wound your watch carefully and you were set for the week. And you'd know when it needed winding because very often it would start going slow and it wouldn't be telling the correct time. Then, in the late 1970s, digital watches became the absolute thing to have. And I remember buying, with my pocket money, very proudly, my very first digital watch. And it had a button on the side that, like magic, if you pressed it, it would tell you what the date was. And I just thought this was the bee's knees. And every summer, I would save up my pocket money and I'd go and buy one from Newton Abbot Market in Devon. And I could tell when it started running out of power because the, the screen would gradually go dimmer. And sometimes it might get stuck on saying the date. Then at some point I got a free watch that came with the Reader's Digest magazine, which looked quite smart. But unfortunately, when that ran out of power, it just stopped telling the time altogether, and it turned out that it was a sealed unit, that you couldn't get inside to replace the battery and there was nothing that could be done. When we were first married, my lovely husband Alan gave me a Swatch watch. Do you remember those? They were so trendy, I thought I was the kitty. A Swatch watch was a kinetic watch and it wound itself up just by the movement of your arm. There was, oh, it's all smoke and mirrors inside there, probably done with magnets. There was a moving part that would move with you and the movement would wind the watch. It was great, because I didn't need to remember to do it and it didn't have a battery to replace. The trouble was, though, that the issue with those kinetic watches was that gradually the moving parts became stiff and seized up and needed a service, eventually wore out. This watch I wear now, this is really, really techno. It tells me the date, obviously, it tells me the time. It tells me how many steps I've done so far that day. It tells me my heart rate, um, it tells me how many calories I've burned. It tells me how many floors I've climbed. It will give me workouts to do. It tells me how well I've slept in the night, as if I don't know that already. And it tracks all sorts of different types of exercise. When I press the, uh, the button at the side, it gives me all manner of information. I can change the clock face that I'm looking at. And I know when this is running out of power, would you, would you believe, because it sends me an email, my watch, sends me an email to tell me that it needs to be plugged in. Sometimes I think it's a little bit too complicated when I just want to know the time. And it seems to me that all of those watches have got two things in common. They're supposed to tell the time accurately. And if they don't, they're not a watch. The other thing is that they all run out of power one way or another. They all need to work some sort of injection of power. I was given this picture of all my watches, and I said to the Lord, what's this about? What do you want me to get from this, this image of these watches over the years? And I realized that the watches are like a picture of all the different types of people that you might find in a typical church. But the main thing that is true that I want to talk about today is about needing an injection of power. My title for my sermon is Power to the People. No matter what type of person everybody needs, one form or another, an injection of power. This uh, picture, I follow NASA on Instagram. It's absolutely fascinating. And you get photographs from the Hubble telescope looking out into space. This picture really struck me. This is of a star that exploded millions and millions and millions of light years away. The NASA like looking at things like this because... They extrapolate this information to figure out what the universe looked like just after the Big Bang or, more accurately, just after the moment when God said, let there be light. And there was this explosion of force and power and energy. And here is this beautiful picture. Can you see all the different colours intertwined? Well, they're not just colours because of the nature of the Hubble telescope it interprets the different elements that it's looking at and ascribes them colors. So in fact, when God said, let there be light, he actually, the subtext was let there be life because all of those different colors represent the different elements that make up the very building blocks required to make life. This is the awesome power of our wonderful creator, heavenly father. This is the power that you and I, in all our different forms and all our different personalities and types of person, this is the power that you and I can plug into, the power to the people. Now, I, was, I found myself mulling about this whole concept of power and the watches, picture, and all of that. And at the same time, I happen to be reading in my my reading notes, the story of Samson. Funny coincidence that, don't you think? Samson, who was perhaps arguably the most physically powerful person in the Bible, and maybe arguably perhaps one of the most flawed morally (laughs) as well. It gives encouragement to to you and me, doesn't it? That God can use even people like Samson. And at the same time as all of that, you know my other job that I do at home is I work for the British Powerlifting Union. And just as lockdowns were starting to ease and sport was starting to allow, be allowed to happen in, uh, in May, there was a powerlifting competition coming up relatively close by and suddenly they need—they were lacking staff to run it and they put an appeal out. Would any of us be available to help run it? And they asked on the Thursday and Friday morning I found myself driving off to help at this competition. I hadn't been anticipating doing that at the start of the week. I didn't know that was coming up. There we are. Now, I don't believe in coincidences. So as I was driving to the powerlifting competition, whilst having been mulling all of this stuff in my head about power and about um, the awesome creative power of God and the story of Samson, I said to the Lord in the car, okay, this, this isn't a coincidence. What do you want me to see today? What do you want me to learn from this powerlifting elite sport? environment that might help us in our understanding of the power that you and I can tap into as Christians and so I have eight things to tell you now don't despair you're not going to be here till tea time some of them are really really short I think they're in no particular order I haven't put them in order of importance except I think the last one is perhaps the most important eight things that I noticed from the powerlifters. Number one, diet. Oh, some of you switched off already. (laughs) Powerlifters are very concerned about what they eat. What's your spiritual diet like? A healthy diet is full of variety and interest, and it's focused, or should be focused, on the things that do us good, A boring diet is unsustainable. How do we create variety in our spiritual diet? If you are purely turning up for church on a Sunday or tuning into church on a Sunday, then you might find that your interest is waning, that your hands are slowing. May I encourage you, perhaps, to recharge, to plug in at a different time of the week, too, to give yourself a little spiritual boost. There's all manner of resources out there with podcasts and God TV, YouTube videos and books, daily reading notes, apps. Some of the apps even send you an email to remind you, like my watch. So that was number one, diet. Number two, succeeding in elite sport is greatly to do with your attitude of mind. In believing, believing that you can do it, believing that you're trained, believing that you have all the techniques that you require. May I encourage you to get focused on what faith is all about and what you're believing for? John 16, says i have told you this is jesus talking i have told you these things so that in me you may have peace in this world you will have trouble but take heart i have overcome the world do you believe him number three have a goal have something to aim towards sportsmen are always and women are always doing that if in their training they're working towards Something it gives them a reason to keep going, to keep trying, to keep pushing themselves. Have a goal, keep your focus on your goal. Where are you going? Where are you aiming for? What are you praying for? Be focused, and be specific, and then you can spot the answers. Some years ago, um, Claire did a sermon about this. About how in their family life, there were certain very specific things that they needed and that they were desperate and searching uh, God for answers for. And she made a poster with Bible texts on it and prayed it every day. And I thought, um, some years ago I was in the same position We were living with my dad. We needed a new house to live in. We needed to sell a house. We had financial issues. The girls had big decisions to make at school. There were all sorts of pressures. There were health issues. So I made a poster on just a piece of A4 paper printed out. And for each of the things, specific things I was praying for or that I was worried about. I found a scripture to match it. And Claire said to put it somewhere where you frequently stand. So (laughs) I put it by the kettle because I find myself frequently standing beside the kettle in our house for some reason. So there was my little poster by the kettle. And whenever I was standing, waiting for the kettle to boil, I would pray into those situations and, do you know what? Over the next few months, we saw the answers coming to those very specific prayers. So do, are you praying specifically for things in your life, for needs in your life, for worries and concerns in your life? Because if you're not praying specifically, then you're not going to know when your prayers are answered The Lord is always there. He's always blessing us. He's always providing for us. Absolutely. We sometimes forget to look for it, forget to say thank you because it's just always there. And if you're praying specifically for something that you really, really need, then you will know when you get the answer. So have a goal. That was number three. We've talked about diet your attitude of mind and having a goal. Number four is what you're looking at. When you are weightlifting, you might be surprised to know that it's very important what you're looking at, where your eyes are. And it depends which weight you're lifting as to where you're looking. But you're never looking at the weight You might be looking out past the weight, beyond it. You might be looking away into the distance. You're not looking at the weight. It's very important where your eyes are looking. You keep your eyes fixed. So where is your gaze fixed? Hebrews 12, 2-3 says, Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he was looking ahead too. He endured the cross. He wasn't looking at the cross. He was looking at the joy set before him. Psalm 121 says, I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. Doesn't matter if your hills are full of enemies surrounding you. Where does your help come from? Your help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth, that awesome creator God who put all the stars in place. Do you remember the NASA picture? Wouldn't it be good to get connected to that source of power in your life? So where are you looking to? Look to the source of power, power to the people. Number five, sometimes a very small change, a very small tweak is needed, and sometimes seemingly unrelated. This is to do with techniques in order to succeed in whatever challenge it is that's ahead of you. I noticed that lifters who perhaps had failed at one of their lifts were then being told by the coach, oh, next time, squeeze with your hands, push with your feet it wasn't to do with you know what you might imagine lifting stronger trying harder it was seemingly unrelated little tweaks might be to do with where they were looking on the ceiling when they were looking up just look up higher might be to do with the position of their toes in the shoes and whether they're gripping in the shoes with the toes it was ridiculously seemingly unrelated little things But sometimes it's those things that actually enable success. So this is something that you need to have a conversation with the Holy Spirit about. Is there some aspect of your life or your weekly routine that actually needs a little bit of tweaking? And it might seem completely unrelated to whatever your long-term goal is in your life, but the Holy Spirit knows the difference that it'll make. Ask him to point out the things that you need to think about, even if apparently unrelated. We're on to number six, you'll be glad to know. Number six is the weak spot. Do you know When lifters are doing a deadlift, so they've got this enormous bar in front of them, laden with the heaviest weights that you can possibly imagine. And they have to stand in front of it and they have to grasp hold of it and they have to lift it up, straight up off the ground. No matter how well they've trained, no matter how strong their muscles are, no matter um, any of those things, the weakest spot, is actually the grip. And if the grip goes and they lose hold of the bar, then that's it. We have to be able to hold on. And this is an image that's in the Bible too, about holding fast. Hebrews 10.23 says, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope. The things that we know to be true, that is. Without wavering, For he who promised is faithful. Are you struggling with something in your life? Are you you praying for something and you haven't seen any breakthrough? Maybe for years. We're being told to hold fast. Find the scriptures that support you and encourage you. And hold fast to the confession of our hope. The source of our faith. It would be very easy to let go to let the weight fall. At that point, of course, you're looking at the weight. Look up, look out, hold fast. Number seven, show up. This competition that I was helping at, as I say, was just immediately after um, Elite Sport was allowed to meet again. And I think the gyms at that point had been open for three or four only three or four weeks prior to this competition. There were a lot of people who had an entry to the competition who chose not to go because they said, well, I haven't had the chance to train. I'm out of condition. I've been slobbing around at home for months. Uh, I'm not going to be um, able to do my best at it. I'm not going to bother. So they didn't show up. The people who chose to show up who chose to lift at the competition are the ones that then got the medals and got the um, qualification through to the next round because they showed up. There were other people, probably stronger, probably more trained, probably better qualified to gain the medals, but they were sitting at home. The ones that did the best, the ones that did what they were supposed to do, Powerlift, they were the ones that showed up and did it. Steve did a fantastic sermon about showing up. You might not feel qualified. You might not feel able. God just wants you to show up and give what you have to give. And he will use it. Samson, one of the most flawed people, in the bible showed up when he when it was important he did it he showed up and god used him now if he can be used for the glory of god then you and i can that's why the story of samson is in there it's not an example of how to live it's an illustration of god's grace and the way that people can be used right Good news, we're on to number eight. So we've had diet, we've had attitude of mind, we've had having a goal in mind, we've had where your eyes are, what you're looking at, we've had um, making a very small change, perhaps seemingly unrelated, we've had the weak spot, hold fast, and we've had just show up and do it. Last one, number eight. Athletes are always assessing, they're always tweaking their training or their diet or their technique they're talking to their coach they're talking to other athletes they're talking to the people at the very top of the sport who really know stuff and it's they're looking for those tiny gains that make all the difference to their performance the minimal gains so is it time to assess now as i'm talking now we're coming out of lockdown. Life is supposed to be getting back to something called normal. But you know what? Whether we're at the start of normality, the start of another lockdown, the start of a week, the start of a new year, the start of a day, I think now might be a good time to assess. Just take stock. Have a careful look across your spiritual life. How are you doing? How are you feeling? Where are you in your relationship with God? Do you need to get connected? Maybe one of those pictures of watches, of those types of people that we meet in church, maybe one of those has spoken to you. The one that spoke to me I am a swatch watch. So I will keep going and keep going in my own strength until I completely run out of steam and I seize up and I need help. That's me. I'm a swatch watch. And I know, having made that uh, real, having come to that realization, I know that I need to seek God for healing and for, to rely on His strength not on my own internal strength. And I've learned that about myself over the years. Is there something that's speaking to you? I'm wondering if there are some that need perhaps a more variety, that are relying on the once a week wind-up. Maybe you're a sealed unit and you're not allowing yourself, like the Reader's Digest watch, You're not allowing yourself to get connected to the source of power. And you need to open up. Open your heart to connect with God who made you to connect with him. He is the source of unending, awesome power. How great it would be to get connected with him. Power to the people. Maybe you have all the bells and whistles and you access church online and you have the apps and all that. Are you reading the email, though, to get to the nitty gritty? Remember that a watch isn't a watch unless it's telling the time. Are you properly connected to the source of power so that you know who it is that you're talking about? that you're connecting into and you have a proper relationship with him. I'm going to read to you again that Ephesians passage. This was a prayer, do you remember, that Paul was praying for the Ephesians. So I'm going to pray it for us. So I'm going to change the word slightly to make it us rather than you. Okay. Ephesians 3. I'm also reading this time from the colourful paraphrase called the Passion Translation, which sometimes gives us such a wonderful picture of what God's Word is all about. So here we are, Ephesians 3, starting at 14. So I kneel humbly in awe before the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the perfect father of every father and child in heaven and on earth. And I pray that he would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and favour until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. Just bring to mind again that NASA image, that explosive power, creation at the heart of it. He is our awesome creator God. We can get plugged into that power. Then, by constantly using your faith, holding fast, the life of Christ will be released deep inside you. And the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life. The thing that you believe in. Then you will be empowered to discover what every holy one experiences. The great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions. How deeply intimate and far-reaching is his love. How enduring and inclusive it is. Endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. This extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. Get connected. Get empowered. Power to the people. Here's extravagant love as demonstrated Jesus on the cross that enables us to call him father and gives us access to his unlimited riches and wonders. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream and will exceed your wildest imagination. How will you know unless you're praying specifically and you can see the answers coming and the provision coming more abundantly than you would have dared to ask. God will outdo them all for his miraculous power constantly energises you. Get plugged in, get energised, power to the people now we offer up to God all the glorious praise that rises from every church in every generation through Jesus Christ and all that will yet be manifest through time and eternity. Amen. Looking ahead, keeping your eyes fixed on the goal just as Jesus did for the joy set before him. I hope that My watch's illustration has spoken to you in the same way that it did to me. And I hope that I've encouraged you to take stock, to do a bit of tweaking, to hold fast, to think about your spiritual diet, to review your attitude of mind, to pray specifically with a goal in mind, and to get plugged in. Power to the people.